sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. All right. We weathered the rain again. I don't know what the forecast is for the future, but uh, it's in Santa Barbara. That's where you're at right now. Uh, We are actually being aired all over the world. I'm so excited. Every week I look, I see different uh, countries tuning in. I'm so thankful. Thank you to Jeremiah Ferris, uh, Eternity Ready Radio for hosting us weekly. We're also on AM 1290 FM 96.9 Tuesday, every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. And Dr. D, where, where else are we on Tuesday? Uh, well, we're all over the internet as far as, um, uh, as you mentioned, AM and FM, AM 1290, FM 96.9. We're also on AM 1290, KZSB.com, where we stream live at those times. Uh, and um, we're also on uh, so many different locations like SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many of the other podcasting uh, outlets. So people can basically see and hear us all over the internet worldwide, as well as locally here. We we broadcast at 8 Tuesday night, 8 Saturday morning, and 6 Sunday. So we're there, we're everywhere. And uh, what we like to do is start off every week with a county recap of our sports, our teen athletes, and we've got our teen co-hosts in the house. Let's hit it off. Santa Barbara High School, Don, Senior, Romy Davies, tell me what's going on at Santa Barbara. Thank you, Erica, and hello, everyone. This is Romy Davies, Santa Barbara High School Senior, reporting back from Santa Barbara, California, with this week's Espidone Sports Recap, which goes out to Joy in Ukaipa. In track and field news, senior Annie Connect sent a Ventura Invitational Meet record Friday night, winning the distance carnival 1,600 meters in a personal best. Coach Olivia Perdices said that it was a great performance and that Annie is relatively new to being a distance runner and there's still a lot of upside as she learns the event. Andres Dibdahl ran an eight-second lifetime best for third place in the 1600, and at Saturday's Invitational, Davis Flanagan was a double winner for the team, capturing the long jump and doubling back in the triple jump. He was also fourth in the 100 meters, with another personal best. In lacrosse news, the San Marcos and San Marcos girls lacrosse teams both placed second in their divisions at the Gold Coast Invitational Saturday. San Marcos in CAF D2 slash D3, and our team in CAF D3. The girls played hard in the D3 semifinal, 13-8. Then, in a neck-and-neck final, the girls unfortunately lost to Saugus, 10-7. They got lucky at the very end with three quick goals, and the clock just ran out for us, Coach Elaine Blessing said. Leading scorers for the weekend for the girls were Daisy Foreman and Ava Howe, and goalie Pepper Marks had 16 saves. In volleyball news, middle Mikey Denver led the way for the boys against a scrappy Pacifica team with 10 kills, 6 blocks, and 2 service aces. The match scores were 25-10, 25-18, 25-15. Luke Zaflato contributed 7 kills, Will Harmon had 5, and Austin Jaimez added 4. Their coach Chad Arson praised the boys of their passing and defense. Match scores were 25-10, 25-18, and 25-15. Luke Zaflato contributed seven kills, Will Harmon had five, and Austin Jaimez added four. Coach Chad Arneson praised the passing and defense of libero Dana Whitney. 
That's it for this week's SV Dogs recap, and see you next time. Thank you, Romy. Next up, DP High School, Chargers, Valeria. I'm so excited we get to keep Valeria for a couple more years. Uh, Anthony Rodriguez, your uncle, I think is going to be popping in a little bit later on today during the show. So, Valeria, talk to me. What's happening over at DP? Thanks, Erica. And hey, everyone. I'm Valeria Tiburcio Romo, back with this week's Charger Recap. Starting off with boys golf, they went over to the Glendora Invitational and competed against 38 teams. They tied for fourth place. Boys baseball played against Pacifica High School. The final score was 3-0. Unfortunately, the Chargers lost. Boys volleyball played against Buena High School and they won all three sets. Wyatt Silver led the game with 21 assists and Nicholas Schultz Clifford had three kills and three blocks. Moving on to girls lacrosse, they played against Newberry Park. Unfortunately, the Chargers lost the game with a final score of 14-11. Then, boys golf won against Ventura with a final score of 449-364. Moving on to boys tennis, they played against our crosstown rival Santa Barbara. The Chargers beat the Dons with a final score of 16-2. Softball played against Pacifica High School and the final score was 17-0, the Chargers taking the win. Then boys baseball played against Foothill Tech. The final score was 14-3, the Chargers also taking the win. Then going back to boys volleyball, they played against Oxnard High School. The final score was 3-0, the Chargers taking the win. Matthew Wilcox led the game with 9 kills, 3 blocks, 1 dig, and 1 ace. Then boys and girls swim and dive competed against Buena High School. The boys won with a final score of 93-70, and the girls also won with a final score of 99-70. And finally, boys tennis. They played against Rio Meso with a final score of 15-3, the Chargers taking the win. All the doubles teams won all nine sets. And as of right now, boys tennis remains undefeated with a league record of 4-0. And that is it for this week's Charger Recap. I'm Valeria Tiburcio-Romo, and I'll see y'all next week. Thank you so much, Valeria. All right. We've, my kids went to Bishop Diego High School, both boys. Got Salda boys. Uh, graduated there and Sean Walters is there now. He's a senior. He's amazing. Sean, what's going on? What's what, what's the Cardinal life looking out like today? Thank you so much, Erica. This is Bishop Diego High School senior Sean Walters signing on once again to give you the Bishop Diego High School sports recap. Starting this week's recap off strong once again with varsity baseball, the Cardinals got a 12-8 non-league win on the road at Fillmore last Monday. Star senior Isaac Villa went 2-for-2 with 3 RBIs and scored 2 runs. Junior Pedro Nunegre also added 4 RBIs and scored 1 run. Great job guys. They will now play Cabrillo on Wednesday at 4pm. Now onto boys volleyball. The Cardinals got a 3-0 sweep win on the road at St. Bonaventure last Tuesday. To no one's surprise, Braylon Caters had 17 kills and John Michael Flint had 10. Congrats guys. They are now looking ahead as they will face Dunn at 6pm on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday though, the softball team beat Coastal Christian 11-1 in a non-league home game. Sophomore Anna Fittipaldi went 3-for-4 with 5 RBIs and scored 1 run. Tessa Johansson went 2-for-3 with a home run and 1 RBI. Lauren Weeks also went 3-for-3 with 1 RBI and scored 3 runs. Amazing job, girls. Well, everyone, that's all I've got this week for your Bishop Sports Recap. Thank you so much for listening, and please don't forget to tune in once again next week. This is Sean Walters signing off. Thank you, Sean. All right. 
Last but never least, Ambrose Parti, Sammy Schaefer, San Marcos High School Royals. What's going on, guys? Thanks, Erica. It's Sammy and Ambrose here with your weekly sports update. Starting off with boys golf, last Thursday, Leo Metzger shot a scorching 6 under 65 to take medalist honors in a 375 to 404 non-league win over Santa Barbara. Shams Jahangir Ashad and Jeffrey Forster both carded 73 on the day to help the Royals because Hudson Hatton paced the Dons with a low score of 74. It was a beautiful day and the Coomer Country Club is in incredible shape, San Marcos coach Jeff Ashton said. Now moving on to volleyball, our girls beach team beat rivals Santa Barbara 4-1 in our first Channel League girls beach volleyball crosstown dual match last Wednesday at West Beach. The Royals swept their matches at the 3, 4, and 5 positions. Our second seed, Josie Gamardella and Alina Staff, rebounded from a first set loss and won the match 21-17, 17-21, and 15-10. Great work, girls. Moving on to indoor, our boys beat the Dons, sweeping them 25-19, 25-21, and 25-18. Behind solid ball control and the brilliant setting of senior Hanson Streeter, the Royals had Santa Barbara blockers and back row defenders scrambling all night. Jack Wilson led the Royals with 13 kills on a .706 hitting percentage. Luke Walker put away 12 kills on a .667 average. And Mason Rice had 9 kills to go with a 2.60 serve-receive average out of 3.0. Great work, boys. Now moving on to baseball. Last Monday, our boys beat Real Mesa 2-1 in a Channel League match at home. Senior Darren Orlando struck out 6 and didn't allow an earned run in 5 innings. Freshman Landon Johnson and Eric Perez each pitched an inning of relief without permitting an earned run. The Royals' runs came on an RBI double by Cole Schoenwetter and a run-scoring single by Brad Shigata. And last Tuesday in a game against Ventura, San Marcos senior Caden Hodina pitched six innings, giving up three hits and one earned run, while striking out seven in a 10-4 Channel League Road win. The Royals had nine hits, led by Patrick Kelly with three hits and scoring three runs. And last Thursday, our boys beat Ventura 4-0 in a Channel League match. Schoenwetter did some damage with his bat, going 3-for-3 three three with a home run, double, and a single. He had two RBIs. Orlando had an RBI double, while Brendan Chicada collected two hits. Owen Estabrook and Brad Chicada also added singles, and Mason Pettingill had an RBI. That's what we have for you this week. Back to you, Erica. Thank you all. Okay, we're going to shake things up a little bit. We've got Don Sanders in the house. He's going to be, uh, we're going to switch. I, I'm looking at them here because we're uh, uh, both on screen. Okay, we're going to do a little switch. Dominique, what are you, you're going to be passing the hugo off to Don Sanders, but what are you going to talk about later on? I'm gonna, I love books and reading, so I'm going to have a quick conversation about um, some interesting censorship that is uh, being experimented with, uh, with publishers coming out of England. Nice. Well, that's going to affect our teens for sure. And that's nice that you're going to be able to talk about that. And then Don Sanders in one word, because we don't want to release what the hygge is, but in one word, can you give me one word to describe what you're going to be talking about? Oh, I'd say uh, human connections. Human connections. I love it. Okay. Uh, Let's bug out. Stay here. We'll be back with Don Sanders after these messages.
Hour Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Good morning. And I am covering the Huga, which Dominique has done such a fabulous job with for quite a long time. And she refers to Huga as feelings of coziness, comfiness, and like having a hug, but not actually receiving the physical touch. And I looked up um, I looked up something else about Huga in Danish and Norwegian, which I really liked, a form of everyday togetherness, a pleasant and highly valued everyday experience of safety, mm. equality, personal wholeness, and a spontaneous social flow. The noun Huga includes something nice, cozy, safe, and known, referring to a psychological state. So last night I called Dominique and ran by my notes because I, I hadn't covered this before. And so um, I followed her guidance of uh, reading my notes three times and then sleeping on it and then waking up this morning and um, letting the story tell itself. And so, bam, this morning came in this new element that I hadn't even thought of last night. And it comes from one of those, the, one of those large, powerful looking Hawaiian singers who I think is, is dead now, who, uh, you know, who sing like angels. That is. There's there's a young man that's uh, that's that's singing. I am sitting here wanting memories to teach me to see the beauty of the world through my own eyes. I am sitting here wanting memories to teach me to see the beauty of the world through my own eyes. And so he's addressing his his dead mother and he's saying, you used to hold me in the cradle of your arms. You used to comfort me in times like these and now i need you now i need you and you're gone i, th- I left out a line where he says uh yeah uh, you said you'd hold me oh no never mind that I, uh, never mind that but in any case so you get the idea and so what occurred to me is uh i've been reading this book by gabor mate the myth of normal and a quick plug for chaucer's you can you can get that in person or online through Chaucer's great book. He's talking about two key elements for our being able to evolve, grow, and mature into into fully functioning, capable adults. One is the quality of vulnerability that we can find attachment with, and as you can imagine, lots can go wrong here because humans take longer to evolve than any other species. You know, from childhood into maturation, and then the other one is. Um, the other one is to like, um, the other one is when you are, well, two things. Sometimes in life, you got to put on the gas. Other times you need to take a pause. And so in the end, um, we're hoping to integrate all the things that we've had in, in terms of experience and to be able to uh express ourselves fully in the world and i'll think of that last point in a minute but um so i i was thinking about how this came how this affected me and how it translates into uh how i try to help my daughter as she is on her walk in the world at 23 and like me uh there's a japanese term called kinzoku meaning very similar in nature and so she has used physicality as a way of dealing with the uh, enormous chaotic complexity of the world and finding some order in her life. And uh, dad did a lot of that too. 
And so I've recently encouraged her through her second half marathon. And she she wanted to run the first one under under two hours, and she did it in a, an hour and 57 minutes. The second one, she improved four minutes on that time, about a minute and 53. And so I know her struggles because uh, we're kind of alike. And she had asked me one time, you know, just about some direction in life kind of question. I said, well, I wish I could tell you that I have this open paved road that I neatly maintain and that that if you just follow this this paved path, it will take you to where you want to go. But my my experience in life has been kind of like these hills in our local area. They're chaparral. You may think a trail is open and then you go plowing down it and you all of a sudden you come to a dead end. And unless you have a little pair of hand clippers or a machete, you can't get through there without being torn up and cut. And so if you're lucky enough to get through these things and you get to a clearing, then maybe you can pause and reflect and think, oh, this is a very nice place to be. And so my daughter says, so you're saying I'm going to have to do the machete thing, you know, kind of like. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, I'm like um, kind of like, you know, so so in his book, Mate talks about, you know, like. When I've been in couples and in, in, um, in uh, individual therapy, the therapist always says, let's just assume that our parents did the best they could with the tools they had to work with. And in my case, that was a single mother. And so it's not that they didn't love us. It's not that they didn't want to care for us. But sometimes our mothers are under enough stress to where, you know, um, we need we need to be vulnerable to be able to receive and learn. And that that includes, you know, adult aptitudes and things, too. And so if something happens, then we start looking for another way to attach. And then that gets us into all sorts of societal problems and things we've talked about in the show many, many times. And so. Are you saying we have to use the machete on ourselves sometimes? Kind of like, you know, <laughs> but but it's like. Uh, you know, just like when I thought of that song this morning, um, I thought, well, I can I can uh, speak those. I can speak that verse. But if I tried to sing it, I'm going to totally lose it here, you know, because because uh, to learn, um, as I'm finding, you know, we need to be cracked open and we need to be vulnerable. Vulnerability goes hand in hand with being able to learn. And so um, that uh, the other important point that's uh, eluding that was eluding me is that. Creative play is not just a frivolous activity. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is a very necessary part of our, our uh, of our development of development in Finland <clears throat> up to a certain age. They don't even teach academic subjects. They 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 just encourage play and exercise. Well, and, I. I can I can I interrupt you right there, um, Don? And just let you know that as a Waldorf kindergarten teacher, that is what early childhood education was all about: was allowing, was the the importance of play, and really helping children. I mean, really um, actually guarding the creative life of the child and 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 the the importance of play, and of right. um, and and that we're not even starting to get into the mental realm until first grade. But really, that's what we did. That's what I did for years: preschool, kindergarten. 
it's so important the imagination and play there's so much in play for yeah. the rest for the for that builds for our whole lives yeah I'm dominique, so, hold on one second, John. dominique wants to say something go for it yeah. well you know our teens forget how important play is because they're so focused on being a great athlete and they're so focused on their schoolwork and everything this is huge and that's to me that's part of what Huga is is not only creating that nurturing environment but also encouraging the creativity of play yeah, yeah. Alex, it, Don. that's alex this is all you do is play everybody you know walk with me baby alex did you hear alex. <laughs> Sorry, he was playing. Uh, on, he was playing a game on his phone. I don't know what we playing with, huh? No, I was actually just thinking, and then I realized I was on mute. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, that's all I do is play, and it's fitness. I get to get creative, especially with teens. Finding a way to connect with them with fitness. You know, you can't connect with them the same way you do as adults. You gotta, you gotta really make it fun and exciting. Um, almost like a jungle gym kind of a thing, you know, and you, and you test them and challenge them in, in fun and interesting ways. And, uh, you know, cause they get bored too. And, and, uh, fitness is a great thing. I, I've noticed it for mentally one of these children who has a, a lack of self-esteem and the, the confidence that he's been getting with the training with me has been incredible. It's it, to see him change and become a confident young little man i mean he's like eight years old nine years old but he's still in the last year he's changed so much with fitness mentally becoming getting getting over anxiety is really what his biggest thing was and then building that confidence so yeah exercise is huge and it's you gotta when you said eight years old alex i'm thinking about little john john when i should drop him off and joe i, I used to look at you give you a wink and i'm like burn him out Alex, just burn him out, okay? Because <laughs> when he gets home, I didn't want to have to put like a little uh, bicycle helmet on because he just bounce off the walls. Dr. Amy, and then we got to take a break. Talk to me. Well, no, no, I was just reflecting on what Alex was saying. And I think um, adults, myself included, could maybe put a little more play in our exercise. So it's not just for kids. Very true. Aww. Very well, true. It, once, yeah. once you play when you're a kid, you will do that as an adult. It's going to be so structured because, I mean, your upbringing, the, the discipline and the focus that you need with gymnastics, I'm not saying you can't play, but I don't yeah. know. And then generationally, I think it was just a lot different. I, I think we were a little bit more serious. I, I would love yeah. if I could just to circle back one one moment to music um, and to what Don started talking with with music is that music is so mathematical. And when we're playing with music, we're playing with math and we're, we're exploring all sorts of things. When people play music together, they're playing with math, but they don't know it. They're playing with sound. They're playing with each other. The same with, you know, so there's so much that, that, that we think we're playing, but we're actually doing so much more. Nice. <laughs> All right, listen, we got a I got we got the we got the smushy sign and we've got Richard Ellsworth in the house. He's back. Looking forward to it. Richard, stay here right after these messages.
We are back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hi, everyone. This is Richard Ellsworth coming back after a brief hiatus. And um, I'm coming to you live from Life Chiropractic College West in Hayward, California. And uh, I wanted to share a couple things with you today and just starting with how how I got here. Um, And I think it's really important for each and every one of you to remember as you're going through school and making decisions about your future and and the schools that you want to go to and what you want to do as a path that you don't need to have it all figured out right now. It's really important to go with where, go with what you're feeling, go with what you want to do, what you're drawn to, but to understand that that might change and that's okay. And this is coming from a perspective of having traveled an incredibly windy road myself, um, starting with things that to some extent may seem pretty unrelated, um, starting with wanting to go to culinary school and learn to cook and kind of express my creativity that way, and then realizing that maybe that wasn't the best fit, and then becoming an, an anthropologist and working as an archaeologist and Um, Then the pandemic hit, shook a few things up, and I started teaching at the Braille Institute. And um, then I I realized that I could help people best through health. And that took me to chiropractic school. And every single one of these steps turned me into the person that I am today that that can do this. Chiropractic school is becoming a doctor, and it's very, very rigorous. Um, And I needed to have that foundation from all of those places, all of the people that I met, the experiences that I had to form me into the the person that I am today that can go through this program and will hopefully come out of this program as the best chiropractor I can be. Um, And then I'll be able to come back to Santa Barbara and and serve all of you, which I'm really, really excited to do. Can you Um, imagine he he forget? I got it. Okay. First of all, plus the, (laughs) the boy knows how to, you know, work in the kitchen. Okay. You're a chef. And I was like, oh, my God, you you forgot that big piece as well. And then you've also spent uh, a Time year in Ireland. in Ireland. And, and, also, and you're a violinist or uh, a fiddler. A fiddler. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you forget you said a few, few things you left out. <laughs> oh, and, you, and you speak Gaelic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Richard, can you briefly explain to teens um, what chiropractic is I, I don't even understand what the word chiropractic means. Yeah, what's the root? Chiro. Yeah. Chiro. Hands. Chiropractico. <laughs> yeah, it means hands. It means to practice with your hands. Oh, you wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I had no idea. And so chiropractic, it developed out of what? Who, who created this school? So chiropractic started with a man named D.D. Palmer. And Didi Palmer um, was actually a Reiki practitioner in Canada um, in the in the uh, God late 1800s, and he came to uh, to America and realized that he could help people heal through tonality, through vibration. And there was a deaf man um, who came to who was a friend of his. And he put an an adjustment, right, a a cervical, a neck adjustment into the man's spine, and he could hear again within seconds. Wow. Um, Completely regained his hearing. And chiropractic was born out of that moment on September 18th, 1895. Do you know my birthday, September 18th? 
<laughs> Are you serious? I'm never dead, yes. my son. Why? Because my birthday September 18th. No. Because- <laughs> oh my god! I didn't. I didn't realize. Well, there you go. I think I, that was who I was. I was that guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so crazy. Just kidding. I'm kidding. On the East Coast, as a kid growing up, my uh, grandparents were into alternative health. And so I would visit a chiropractor rather than visiting an MD. They, if I was ill, they would take me to a chiropractor. So I grew up with chiropractic my whole life long. Can you explain why it is that the spine is so critical for health? Yeah, absolutely. So the spine is the central most part of our nervous system that's connecting our brain to our body, right? So if you have something going on in your muscles, if you have something going on in your organs, if you have something going on in your skin, all of that is connected to nerves, which are connected directly to your spine. What happens is, is through life, we get tension in these muscles or problems, pathologies in these organs, and they actually pull on those nerves. They, they kind of mess with the communication of those nerves to the brain. And in so doing, they actually pull the vertebrae slightly out of alignment. So a very, very traditional chiropractor will actually put movement into the spine. They'll take the vertebra, crack it back into position. You're probably all familiar with that. That cracking sound is called a popcorn. cavitation. Yeah. And the popcorn. popcorn. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That sort of sounds. Um, there is a slight problem. I shouldn't say a problem, but that particular form of chiropractic um, is not necessarily the most effective. Um, and the reason being is because um, the, it's never about the spine actually being out of place, um, which a lot of people, they put the the movement into the spine in order to put something back in place. But it's actually about creating a vibration a vibration that travels into that region of the spinal cord, shakes things back into place and allows the body to tap into that innate intelligence that allows the body to reorganize itself and heal. So I've done things Mm -hmm. with like um, an exercise ball or like you're, you know, laying on the ground, stretching, and then you feel your body crack. And can you explain what's going on for us when that happens? Yeah, sure. So typically what's happening is that a muscle is being moved or stretched, a tendon is being moved or stretched slightly past its initial capacity. And that allows it when you actually release that force to be able to extend further, to have a little bit more movability, creating that freedom around the bones in the spine can cause those vertebrae to just shift back into place because there's nothing tugging on them anymore. The problem is, is that very often that type of thing will go back very quickly, right? So it would be something that you have to do very, very often in order for it to create a stable holding pattern. Yes. So, th- so this is the importance for, steen- and for teens in a sports where we have the stretching and then we have the aerobic. Th- we have different parts, different components to becoming a really strong athlete. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, and I would say there was a there was a famous chiropractor who said that the shape, tone and position of your spine affects the shape, tone and position of your life. Um, wow. I have found that to be incredibly accurate. Every vertebra in the body corresponds with an emotion or a repressed emotion. If that vertebra is out of place, you're going to be experiencing that in your life. Very much so. You can be a, an, a, an incredibly phenomenal athlete who's getting 
incredible sleep, who has incredible energy, who's creative on the field, who can go above and beyond. If your spine is is flexible, there's there's mobility and it's in the right position. Well, it's so interesting that uh, our words of speech mimic the spine. Like when we when we say to someone, oh, you know, there's an issue or something. You know, you're a pain in my back. Or you're I, a pain say in C- my neck. I say C7. That's what I say. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh-oh. That's what I do. That would be lower back. Oh. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> so how many, just, I know we don't have much time yet, that um, uh, I have seen in, um, like, gadgets you can buy on Amazon and so forth. I've seen gadgets that where people, it helps people have a, a straighter back. Uh, do you recommend that people like if they're if you're doing a lot of computer work or something for kids and you're rolling your shoulders forward? Do you ever recommend that uh, maybe people wear a brace or something to help them just be conscious of it? What do you suggest, Richard? Sometimes um, you can wear braces for a short amount of time. Um, the thing is, is to not be wearing them constantly because the idea in getting the spine to reorganize itself is creating motion in the spine. Um, a a brace actually causes the opposite and causes the vertebra to have less motion. Um, In a perfect world, instead of wearing a brace, you'd want to be just kind of bringing your attention to your spine, breathing up your spine, you know, consciously trying to breathe from your tailbone out the top to out the top of your head and drawing it up the full length as often as possible. Um, That's a great way to do it. Uh, Yoga, stretching, um standing desks anything like that but even even with those you have to be careful to sit fairly often too because when you're standing you put a lot of gravity on the pressure on the lower back um so it's really important to be switching up your positioning right switching up your positioning and getting in movement is the ultimate cure for for posture and and overall health nice Thank you so much, Richard. God, Richard, we love Absolutely. you. I'm so excited that you're back and uh, looking forward to the weeks ahead. What are you going to be talking about? Um, let's, let's see. Right, right now, um, let's we'll take, take a, a break. break. All right, great. Thank you. We'll be back with more after these messages. Well, now together we will stand every boy, girl, woman, and a man. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hi, this is Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara Wellness Center. Don, thank you so much for the Huga. I love the human connectivity and our that we need vulnerability and we need playfulness. Oh my God, that's precious. Well, um, I love to just kind of check in with what's happening in the news, and I am an avid book reader. Um, I, I was an athlete in high school, but I also uh, picked up just a love of literature. And I was noticing over in England, they have some interesting things going on with some very famous authors. There are publishers that are experimenting with 
censoring, uh, and I'm going to use the word censoring, they're going to change some uh, books, like, for example, Ron Dahl, his, one of his most famous books is uh, uh, Charles Willy, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, right? Um, and they're going to change it in order to give it um, more, uh, let's see, change genders to make it more gender neutral and then take out some other things that uh, some people have complained uh, may be slightly uh, insensitive and so forth. And there is an interesting dialogue and conversation going on with the public about whether we want our authors of the past to have their words changed or and how important it is to keep them, even though there may be something that now we wouldn't express it in that way, because we're all becoming more educated about uh, racism and gender and uh, just so many wonderful ways that we're learning to integrate our community. So I just was going to put it out there that uh, it's, it's interesting and that people might want to have a conversation with their kids and just get their input. What do they think? I, I I think that's really interesting, Dominic. I do have to say in a certain way, like even with even with telling, taking stories and putting them into video, like there's a Roald Dahl book, James and the Giant Peach. I will never watch the film. I love the book so much and I have these images in my head. I won't watch that. I won't watch anything from it because I don't want them stolen from me, right? There's something in my mind. So I think there's a, a lot of people have a lot of strong feelings about certain books and different things, you know, um, uh, their characters or, um, and I, even the authors, you know, I, and you hear, I've heard things about, you know, Roald Dahl and uh, Dr. Seuss, certain authors that you would think they might have been, you know, loved children more or been in a more kindly, but they were actually very strong characters themselves so they might have some even though they can't say anything now they might have some ideas about what would happen with their work as well interesting conversation yeah and when my kids were growing up i got a book of Grimm's fairy tales that mm. were supposedly the unedited version and wow <laughs> were they gruesome and mm -hmm. so there was the initial conversation about do you read you know gruesome fairy tales to young children and so it's it's just a, I don't have any strong opinion one way or the other. I think it's very interesting. Um, and I think it is something that uh, is great to, to talk about. Yeah, this is Christine. Marie, again, again, we had talked a lot about that in my teacher training as a Waldorf kindergarten teacher because we read, we told, I didn't even just read them. I told the, a lot of the stories and there were, there were conversations about what's, what is different when someone hears something. These are, you know, stories told around the fire from, 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 for a long, long time versus something given um, somebody through someone else's imagination put on a screen, right? Or even given pictures. So there's, there's, there's a lot of different conversations about that that would be interesting to to, to look into and enter into. Uh, Erica, you're reading a story, a history story right now, correct? Uh, no, um, um, what's what am I reading right now? To Joy, um, Skinny well, Dipping. What is it? What's the you name were of? you were reading the Osage about the yeah, Osage that was, Indians. That was, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It's true, right? So um, before that, I read two westerns, westerns, and then the Osage Indians, which if anybody have not. Uh, picked it up. I mean, it's an amazing book because the way it was written, it's ripped. It's written um, in a mis a murder mystery way because, like, a who done it? And it's the birth of the FBI. So it's history based on facts, and it goes up to like 2015, last hundred years, 
And it's just amazing. I just, who knew? I, I just never knew it was great. But um, that author, you you dummied it down for me because the, the last two b- books I read before that was uh, very, very bloody. bloody. Very bloody. I mean, I was having nightmares that I'm in a stampede. Okay, <laughs> like yelling. Why are you yelling? Because I'm getting run over by bison. Um, so yeah. So there are uh, what are considered elementary school versions of uh, really important stories to read because the Osage Murders talks about some of what happened to uh, our Native Americans in our early U.S. history that I didn't learn in school. And so these stories are really, really important. Um, But I I did give you a slightly censored version of that book because I thought it would be easier for you to read out loud. Oh, I thought you, that was, you thought that was my reading level. (laughs) 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 No, I, I, I said to Joyce, this is, it says it's elementary school. What do you think that means? I go, Maybe the big, maybe the other book had bigger words. I don't know. This is mostly pictures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. This got a lot more pictures. That's funny. That is awesome. But there's a lot of changes. I mean, I noticed that in art. And it's funny because the first one I first heard that when you said that you were going to talk about that topic, I'm like, I don't think that's fair that a person um, needs to dummy down their work. They should stay with their work and then let the new authors come in if they have a different more modern if the times are changing because then you always have the old classics right so then part of me was going that way but then i go you know i i looked at what i created last week and then i looked at what i'm starting this week you would not say it's the same artist i mean i had a friend come over and she goes oh you're in your dark phase (laughs) you know what i mean because i went from pastels and big color and all this kind of stuff and now I'm like back to, it's just whatever I feel like mixing in the back. So, I mean, I guess it's good. I don't know. But I don't, maybe I have multiple personalities. I don't know. We'll find <laughs> out later. I have no idea. Dr. Amy. Well, I think today what I think could change tomorrow. But today what I think is that they probably should be kept the way they were originally written and discussed about how our perspectives and understandings are evolving and what's concerning about them and it you know this is this is learning is having these dialogues Mm -hmm. use it as a teaching moment i like that yeah i i like the uh idea i i i'm wrestling with it a little bit because an artist is a person i wouldn't tell picasso if you look at the greatest greats of all greats we're looking at their work now i don't know if somebody went up to him and said hey can you dummy it down a little you well, know it's not a, a dummy but- down uh in my opinion it's more of reflecting the evolved sensitivity of the current culture I think is thank is you, what, Dominique. That's what I was going to say. Well, I don't yeah. know how it, I don't either easier know how it was. It's presented it too to the person that's the artist. I mean, you're going to go up there. Can you more reflect the current culture? I mean, is that well, what was said, or was it said, "Hey, you don't do this, or we're not going to publish your work"? Well, let so. me uh, let me throw one thing in there. Uh, how f- uh, and and again, not to be insensitive. 
How far are we going to go? Are we then going to re-record all of the music that is, uh, that now we need to make that all uh, gender specific or gender gender neutral? Are we? Right. Uh, how far are we going? Are we going to go into the movies and we're going to rewrite the scripts and do overdubbing uh, and and so forth? Now I think it's great that they're doing both versions and that's wonderful. But like I said, how far are we going to go with this? Because you know it's already been done, Doctor D. I I was just reading an article. Um, I'm not sure where it was, but they were talking about all of these musical lyrics that have been written over that people have shifted from songs. You know that they may be singing other people's songs or, um, you know, di- a Dire Straits song where they were using very derogatory language. Um, you know, so mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see that things have, are being updated and changed. Even the Black Eyed Peas song mm-hmm. from "Let's Get Retarded" to uh, "Let's Get It Started." Yeah. 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 Okay, so I, I hear you all, but let's put it like this until it goes so up the court system to the Supreme Court, because what we're talking about right now is censorship. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, that's the big ugly uh, word. Uh, well, <laughs> we're we're talking about censorship and um sensitivity and respect, and how do you combine all three of those? Right. So that's why somebody's gonna have to take a stand where something just got squashed. Okay, and a lot of times what happens is like when we take down things and we try to, you know, like whether you take down statues or whatever you want to do, it's like you have to have voices on both sides. And then the deal is, is though let's let's face it, you've got the media, which is this gigantic behemoth powerhouse with all the social media wrapped around it. I mean, it is a huge, big uphill force. It would be like what comedy has done right now, right? Comedy, everybody thought comedy was done, but I have friends in New York and San Francisco and L.A. It's just like, look, you just go to the houses. And so if you like to hear a certain kind of thing, those comedy houses for the last two years have been packed. OK, so we got annihilated in mainstream, but then these places were packed now just from public. Um, it it kind of like festered and boiled and now it's coming back again. So it takes time, basically, at the end of the day. Dominique. Well, my main thing is just to let teens know that uh, what we're encouraging here is dialogue. And we exactly. are encouraging sensitivity, but yep. we, uh, we also want to uh, embrace our history so that we have teaching moments. Yes. You can't, and the reason is, guys, if we don't embrace the history as ugly as it can be, like if you read this book on the Osage murders, it, it's, a, it's a brutal book. Okay, but it's not a book that should not have been told. It's not history that shouldn't have, because why? So this way we don't go back there and do it again. Right. I mean, that's right. why we need to discuss it and learn it. Yeah, it's ugly. Ooh, I don't want to touch it, but you can't wipe it out. Really fast, we have got to go. But my son went to, my oldest went to Europe, and he went to go visit Auschwitz. And the tour, the tour guide said that this whole thing was propaganda and it never happened. Okay. So that was two years ago. And I said, Joe, please tell me you don't believe that. He goes, no, but that's what the kids are learning in school. Okay. They're erasing history. And that's why, that's why I want to stand on that. But listen, we've got a lot of shows. Stay here. We'll be back with more after these messages. Brazil. 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 Brazil.
and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. We're back. You've got a minute left. I just want to go around the room. A big, heavy show. Start with Dominique. you got like 10 seconds, D. Let's just do a little recap. Thank you for the playfulness and the vulnerability. Nice. Don, quickie. Uh, connect. Engage. <clears throat> connect. Engage. Nice. Dr. Richard Dugan, our producer, he's always got something wonderful to say. <laughs> uh, to my uh, to my late father, be happy and uh, we'll be listening. Nice. Christine Marie. Play, play, play. Have fun. Nice. Alex. Stay creative and fit. Let's keep your creativity. Nice. Dr. Amy. And I'm going to play on um dawns and say connect with respect mm. oh i love that that's really good santa barbara we've got some weather somebody just mentioned next this next week stay dry um stick with your principles most importantly stay with your heart god bless you all see you next week i'm unstoppable i'm a pleasure with no breaks i'm invincible yeah i win every single